So if you were a superhero, what would be your weapon of choice? If you, let's say you needed a weapon and you don't have like lasers coming out your hands. Mm, which is always preferable. I'd prefer something that was instantaneous. And you um, don't have to carry anything around then, do you? Yeah, exactly. I'm very lazy as we you all travel know. lightweight. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I was thinking about this, like, if you were undercover, you'd kind of want something that doesn't look like a weapon. So like a phone that becomes like a, a gun. That would be cool. But if you were, I mean, I like the fact that everyone's got these sort of mythical weapons, like a like a trident or a... The hammer. The hammer, yeah. So I was kind of thinking I'd like something more of that ilk. Mm. Possibly, you know, there's um, <laughs> like a spear, maybe, because then I don't have to get too close to people. Mm-hmm. But I can still fight in a cool way, because they do quite like ninja flippy moves you know well i like the double-sided spear yeah a double-sided spear that's what i think like um like darth maul in the phantom menace i mean that moment when he like opens up one and then opens up the other you go it's a double (laughs) they're never gonna win now (laughs) that was a cultural reset that moment (laughs) and everyone was very shocked and said how did he make that that was very cool but yeah something to that effect a lightsaber would be a good move but I guess they've been done. It would be a power move. Yeah, they'd be an like, absolute what? power move. You're a Jedi. I didn't think that was this franchise. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> you know what I love? This is a bit of a crossover. You know that thing they have in Ghostbusters, where it's like the little portal that they mm. and they do sort of throw it onto the floor and it sucks the ghost in yeah. or the demon or whatever, and it keeps them inside like a little box. That would be fun. That would be fun. Don't look directly into the trap. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, and then you'd have like all your little sort of let's little super villains in like little tiny boxes. You know that episode of Rick and Morty where they're inside the little like farm thing and yeah. they're really tiny, and then they trick that female scientist and her sidekick to like swap with them. Mm-hmm. I imagine having a room like that, and I'm like tapping on it, and like Loki's in one, and then I don't know Red Skull's in another, and. And I'm like, hello. <laughs> you know that is just asking for trouble because if you've watched Ghostbusters, they do all get out at some point. <laughs> that is that is the 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 exciting climax of that film, yeah. <laughs> or you end up in there somehow, and you have to get out. Mm. That's way cooler than a spear. I like this, and it's a very pacifist weapon. It is, but if I was going for a more more bellicose way mm. of fi- way of attacking people, I guess I do like Electra's forks. Yeah, there's very... probably a better word for them than forks, but trowels? No, trowels. <laughs> the gardening they're like mini tridents. Mm, they are. I like this. They look. Oh, they've got a name because it's a it's a ninja weapon, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna find out what it is. It's gonna find work. out what it is. They're also in, um, and probably not the most uh, culturally. Uh, accurate film in the world but they're also in The Mummy Returns when you have that flashback to ancient Egypt and Rachel Weisz and um, the Egyptian lady are fighting and the Egyptian lady has like a great big sort of heavy spear well they they start off with the forks Mm. and that's really cool I seriously doubt that ancient Egypt had those what are they called? They're called ninja cyforks ah so you were right (laughs) cyforks as it was how sci spelled s-a-i is that I don't know, but that is what it is. You could, oh, you could be like Cluedo. You could have all the Cluedo weapons. That would be quite fun. A magic lead piping. Yeah. And um, yeah. what else? The candle 
candlestick. Imagine a superhero version of Cluedo where each of them has a weapon and they've all got a certain power with that weapon. That would be so good. Like Miss Scarlet would have, I mean, she'd have the dagger and she'd wield it like she's Electra because Electra is basically Miss Scarlet. Basically, I think that's where they stole the idea from. Yeah, but, <laughs> but like Mrs. Mrs. White would have the candlestick, I guess, because she lights candlesticks because she's a maid. Yes. Although, have you seen Clue? Have you seen the film Clue? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one with multiple endings, isn't it? Yeah, I like that. So in that, she's just like a like a Black Widow type character, isn't she? She's yeah, it's Madeline Kahn, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But in, in on the card, she's a maid. She's like a she's like a sort of grumpy looking um uh like the like the chef from Downton Abbey. He does. She looks like Mrs. Patmore. Mrs. Patmore. That's it. Mrs. Patmore. <laughs> yeah. She. Well, why would she have the candlestick? Oh yeah, that makes sense. Okay. She'd have the candlesticks if she's a maid. She liked the candlesticks. Yeah, and Colonel yeah. Mustard would have the gun. He'd have the gun. Yes. It's his, it's his old trusty revolver from the war. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember all of the other ones. Were. There's a rope. There is a rope. Uh, who would have the rope? Maybe Mrs. Peacock would have the rope, mm. and she'd whip it. <gasps> so you'd, uh, each one would have like a like a power. That's cool. uh, so the rope would be like the whips, like the electric whips that the guy has in Iron Man. Very nice. And candle candlestick could be like phew, shoots fire and turns people to fire. Mm. She's like the incinerator. Incinerator. <laughs> <laughs> kind of sound spread. like like the Punisher, the incinerator. That's like for a super villain I don't know why that's not happened yet maybe it has I'm going to write to Marvel right now yeah fix the incinerator we want it um kind of must is just a good shot like Hawkeye yeah yeah uh what else is there there's the lead piping the lead piping could be like a uh I don't uh, that could be like a like the hammer like you smash it on the ground it creates like seismic waves nice yeah Professor Plum because he's sciencey yeah he'd know what lead is He'd understand the, the full chemical <laughs> formula of lead. Yeah. And then we got Reverend Green as the last dude. And I can't remember what the last weapon is for the life of me. What is the last one? A spanner. The spanner. Oh, my God, of course. Yeah. Well, that kind of makes sense because he's like, I don't know why a Reverend would have Maybe to... Reverend Green is a pacifist and doesn't fight, but the spanner can magically mend anything. Nice. Yeah. And it can unlock doors. And, uh, you know, if a, if it's something, if like a, like a glass is smashed, you can just like magic wand it at the glass do like a little hoogity boogity kind of stuff, and then the you know the glass all comes together. I like to that to you, religion and magic are one. <laughs> he's he's a reverend and a magician. I mean, basically, <laughs> that was that was wasn't Jesus a reverend and a magician at the same time? Pretty much, yeah. I mean, that's what I would have called him at the time, or a, or a wizard, or a witch, or a wizard. Yeah, that's, that's what he'd be called now, a sorcerer. So basically, our ideal weapons are all the weapons in the Cluedo board. Well, they're tried and tested for years. Why would we not go with them? They were. Poor old Dr. Black has been murdered so many times. Coming. I mean, doesn't matter which room he hides in, they find him. Maybe he needs to try going to another house. That would be a good... Yeah, that's what I would do if I were Dr. Black. I'd be like, yeah, you know what? No. And I'm also never inviting you guys to a party again because you just take liberties. <laughs> Keep murdering me. <laughs> Stop it. Hello, and welcome to The Marvel Virgin, a podcast all about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. My name is Paul, and I'm a Marvel Virgin. And my name is Kaylee, and I'm a Marvel whore. For each episode, Paul is watching a Marvel movie or TV series for the very first time, and with my help, we'll be delving into the good and not-so-good aspects of the MCU, and navigating the secrets and intricacies of this big and complex universe. If you'd like to send in any questions, comments, factoids, 
or even if you'd like to correct anything we've said, after all, we're not perfect, then you can tweet us at the Marvel Virgin. We'd love to hear from you. Enjoy the show. Right, let's do this. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 3. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 3, Kaylee? Hmm. Um, no, I didn't really care for it, to be honest. But we loved eight seasons one and two so much. I know, I was shocked. It was a big old come down from where we were before. I was expecting to be like, another high, but it, it wasn't. I, got, I was watching it with Chris and he was like, everyone in this is so generic looking and their names are so generic sounding. It's like a Hallmark movie. I was like, it is like a Hallmark movie. It is, yeah. And it's it's written by a machine. Basically. It is written by a machine. The dialogue, like, I, like the bit where... Um, Lincoln's like flying off to die and she's going don't do this don't she's not even crying tears she's just saying don't do it don't please don't like this and I was like oh for god's sakes this has just been ripped out of Captain America when he flies off and she goes to the others you have to save him you have to save him and it's like (laughs) you you must know like it's not it's it's just not very convincing, is it? No. And also, she yeah, she must know that they can't. How? Oh, with our magical portal that we've never mentioned until now. I know. And the Fitz and Simmons, like, heart rate monitor of, like, will they? Would they? Will they? Would they? Will they? With the will being the operative word there. And that changes constantly throughout. Like, at one point, they're snogging and going on a date. At another point... I don't really know why they just decide then they're, they're not really feeling like Gemma's suddenly like, oh, I don't know. I'm I'm still got PTSD from being on that planet for six months. <laughs> potter, 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 potter. I know. I was like, oh, for God's sakes. I get that you're like the, sh- the ones everyone's shipping, but this feels like ship bait. Because it's like, yes. just fix it. Like get them together. I'm bored of it now. And bored giving of- her, giving her another, like making it a kind of sort of love triangle thing with this mm-hmm. astronaut was, I was like, oh God, they, they, do they really have to shoehorn in this just to delay it even more? Like just. I know, and I know they get together, but then I was like, oh, it feels like he's like the backup prize almost. It's like, oh, I couldn't have the astronaut. So I guess I'll go back to you, Fitzy. And I know he's dishy and mysterious, um, but I would have liked it more. It would have been more original if like they hadn't actually shacked up and actually they just, you know, been co- colleagues or like, you know, a team on mm. this mysterious planet. But instead she has to have feelings for him because this is written there's by no such- a bunch of teenage boys. And yeah, there's no such thing as a platonic relationship between a man and a woman. Me and you are always snogging when this camera is not on. This camera? Yeah. Whatever this is, recording device. Sound <laughs> <laughs> <Down the> camera. <laughs> it's this lockdown that kit holds us apart. That's it. That's all we have. And your dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but yeah I found that very irritating and I don't know I just found most of it quite I would say in it in a slight defense of it I um I remember by the end of season two I was just like what the hell is going on there's about a thousand different storylines they're all just colliding and hitting each other like like they're in some kind of particle accelerator or something nice. whereas this season moved forwards in the slightly more cohesive way like I knew what was happening at least Hmm. Um, and there wasn't so much story that it was just a mess it was actually it was quite sort of right this has happened now we've moved to this and now we've moved to that and moved to that and it kind of it made sense 
Yeah. The bar is so low now that all that it counts as a plus point is that it makes sense. <laughs> it makes sense. So that's a, that's a point. Well, it means, you know how in, being being millennials, we watch stuff whilst looking at our phones at the same time. Yeah. So season two, I was doing that and I'd look down for five minutes, look up again. And I go, oh, wait, like what's happening now? Like it, it's, a thousand things have changed. You know how I, I don't know if you ever have, but sometimes I've seen a bit of, you know, Hollyoaks. I've mm-hmm. seen an episode, then six months later, another episode, and the entire cast has changed. Oh, yeah. I do that every Christmas with EastEnders. I go to my mum's and I'm like, no, I don't know. Why is Phil married to this woman now? Where's I Sharon? know. And, yeah. and, and how, how has this happened so quickly in that space of time? And you're just, and it, it was like that, but every five minutes. Whereas this one, I'd look down, look up and go, okay, we're, we're here right now. I get it. We're, this is progressing in this kind of, you know, logical believable well not believable but you know understandable way (laughs) (laughs) way. yeah and I just didn't like it very much I know I'm like probably the only Marvel whore out there who would say such a thing because I know a lot of people have a lot of love for the show but it's just not very me feels very I think it's just it's just very superficial like they never go fully in depth with anything and they have so many so many episodes in order to do this and it's really it that really shows because we're interspersing this with the Netflix series, which are so character heavy, mm-hmm. and they make sure the plot moves forward in surprising ways that are also believable. They they think more carefully about it. Yeah. Whereas this is very much made up as it goes along, with some kind of vague idea of what the climax of the season is going to be. Yeah, and it's very tropey, isn't it? Like all the characters feel a bit like stereotypes. All the storylines, it's always like, oh, I'm we're the lovers who are doomed to be on and off again and we're the lovers where one of us is going to drive into the into space and die for the other one and we're (laughs) the lovers where I get shot in the neck and fridged so that you have a reason to hate Ward even though you have many reasons to hate Ward already I don't know why this was the one thing that tipped him over the edge (laughs) yeah (laughs) you killed someone I was like he's killed so many times before (laughs) and literally like gave gave Fitz brain damage yeah, you should be mad about that. Why are you mad about that? Just, yeah, annoyed by the whole thing. Well, it all starts off with, um, it starts off very X-Men-y because everyone's mm. kind of powers are coming out because of fish oil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Damn, like Omega-3. Because <laughs> <laughs> the fish oil was sort of released into into the world. Mm. And now anyone who takes fish oil uh, for, what's fish oil for? Is it for your skin? Is it like healthy brain? I'm sure Omega-3 says that on the pot. I don't, I don't really take vitamins and stuff, so I have no idea what they're for. But yeah, like people take it. And um, and that means that for some people, this means that the, what that sort of underlying power gene that's in there is manifesting. And at the moment, there's now like three different parties all going after them. You've got S.H.I.E.L.D. going after them because they want to train them and help them to control their powers and be integrated into society because S.H.I.E.L.D. is very inclusive in that way. Mm-hmm. You've got this government's organization are they government organization led by the woman the woman whose name i can't remember yeah the dead woman the woman who dies yeah wasn't her name roslyn roslyn that's it uh and she she their ultimate plan is to sort of contain them inside like this this sort of resin (laughs) until they find a cure for it and then then open them up and cure them all basically which I wouldn't love personally if I was an inhuman. I'd be like, no, I don't want to be stored in resin. Thank you. Yeah. The other plan sounds better. <laughs> but they're not really, yeah, they're not really asking permission. They're just kind of taking people and being like, right, no, it's suspended animation. There you go. <laughs> we fixed it. And we've also got the blue guy who wants to kill them. Mm. 
the big blue guy who makes portals and he's very powerful and things. And at this point, we don't really know who he is. He's just kind of come out of nowhere. Yeah. As most blue people do in Marvel. I've noticed. They do. Just arrive. Um, But this woman, Rosalyn, I was... uh, This relationship between her and Phil Coulson, did this feel at all real to you? It just came out of nowhere. I was like, I I guess they might give him a love interest, but why? (laughs) They've got nothing. It was so unconvincing because... I got that they were having snappy dialogue with each other, but it felt more antagonistic. And then suddenly they're going out for dinner together. Mm. Yeah, that's how that's how you know. I feel like if you watch loads of old, old movies and TV shows, hate is always the first sign of love. But really, it's not. It's not in real life. So it feels quite... Well, I mean, I, 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 if I hated a colleague, I would not go for dinner with them. No, there's no charm to it. There's no kind of chemistry at all it's just suddenly the writers are like we're going to make them fall in love because she's going to die yeah we're going to kill her off in like episode eight and from then on Coulson's drive is the death of her and I'm like really like you're gonna gonna make us think that we're involved in this (laughs) I know they have nothing like him and May have more chemistry and I'm like they hated each other why why are you not there That that would have made much more sense because they at least have a sort of element of respect for each other yeah but from, from Rosalind's death onwards, Coulson's just like, grr, I want to avenge her death. And I'm like, why? Why? You didn't give a shit. <laughs> you have like four dates. What's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah. I guess for him, we, we've never really seen him date otherwise. So maybe this is his first girlfriend to speak to you. Yeah, he doesn't. Re- yeah, yeah. So he thinks, you know, one date and you're in love immediately. We're going to get married. <laughs> yes. And he's writing Phil Rosalind in a little heart on <laughs> yeah. a tree. <laughs> And he's devastated because all his dreams have been dashed. All his dreams. I mean, it was have been quite shocking the way she was shot in the neck. I was surprised that she'd die. Yeah. I didn't I thought she was going to be pretty major all the way through. Yeah. I mean, the first time I saw her, I was like, oh, but this time I was like, oh, you know what they never do is kill off a main character. So it never feels that surprising. Like anyone new feels expendable. Mm. And anyone who's part of the core group feels like they're they're untouchable almost. Yeah, yeah. And it, yeah, and I think that's where Netflix, the Netflix series tend to be a bit superior is that anyone can possibly die in them. Yeah. But like, it's like the in The Walking Dead, like they, the, the producers are very much like, we will kill anyone, mm-hmm. we'll do it. <laughs> Love anyone, Game of Thrones, same vibe. <laughs> yeah, don't get attached to anyone because like a zombie could come and kill them. The blue guy, the big blue guy turns out to be May's husband. <laughs> this was i like the way they revealed this though where they had um they had this scene in the pharmacy where he had been chased down by uh grant ward and his followers um i can't remember why but they need they wanted to chase him down Mm -hmm. um and then the whole place kind of blows up but you don't see everything that happened in there and then as you meet as other characters who were there come back and give their own point of view of what happened you gradually realize that this big blue powerful guy is may's husband who has eaten that fish oil (laughs) and developed powers (laughs) and also developed this absolute hatred of people with powers and wants to kill them all i know it's the fish oil worked differently on him to everyone else so i don't know why (laughs) it affected his body and his brain and his emotions yeah everything yeah it was a that was a I guess it was a shock reveal, but it was. I I quite liked it though. I I was a bit like, oh, okay. I I didn't. I liked the way it was revealed in stages. 
Yeah, and at least we know their relationship is legit rather than like the Coulson Rosalind thing where you're like, I mean, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And so they either, either he goes, you know, hulking off or he's contained inside their little white box that they have. And it means that through the window in the white box, there's lots of scenes between May and him where she's like, I can't believe this or something. And that goes on for a little bit as well. I wouldn't be able to believe it either, to be fair. I can see where she's, that was a relatable emotion. (laughs) Yeah, it was (laughs) on the list of things that you thought would happen to you in your life. That was quite low, I guess. Yeah, Stylist actually has a podcast called Nobody Told Me and it's like dot 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 that I would start my own business at 25. I like the idea of nobody told me dot 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 that my husband would turn into a super villain with superpowers after eating some omega free fish oil and we'd end up capturing him in a white box. Because he wants to hunt down other mutants and kill them as well. (laughs) (laughs) It's a long episode title, but I'd watch it, I'd listen to it. Like an episode of Dr. Phil. (laughs) Yeah. And then the the other sort of storyline that probably is the most interesting is because we saw at the end of season two, Gemma gets sucked into this great big monolith thing. Hmm. which turns out to be a portal to an alien planet. And poor poor Gemma gets put through the ringer in this series, doesn't she? Like she nearly nearly dies and her love interest gets brain damage. So barely doesn't, you know, he's a bit awkward with her for a bit. She gets put undercover in Hydra, even though she has no training whatsoever in this and can't really do it. So she faces death in the eye, like constantly. And then she gets sucked onto an alien planet for six months and had to survive on this barren place where there's an evil entity. Yeah, (laughs) it's a horrible situation for her. She doesn't deserve it either. She's not like a character that's done anything wrong. Like she seems nice. I I just think it's really unfair. I think the writers are just a bit sadist really and they're just like you know what she hasn't suffered enough let's put her onto a barren planet on her own (laughs) with one man whom she will fall in love with even though she's in love with Fitz I kept expecting at the end of this season for her to discuss to like discover Jumanji and I was (laughs) like oh no (laughs) apparently so I was thinking about this planet I was reading into it apparently it is the planet Ego from the comic books Ego. Yes, yeah, so it's a it's a planet that's alive. So it's got a little face. I'm going to try and find a picture of it to show you. <laughs> it's got a face. It's got a face and everything. And hello. <laughs> Hi, I'm Ego. I don't like people. Here we go. Ooh, oh, it's a scary face. No, so he's an alien scientist who merged with a with his homeworld so he could survive. Mm. And he's just a big, big planet with a face. And that's why people think that. Will thinks the planet's alive and also like like um the sun was being blotted out and stuff and they think ego was doing that on purpose to mess with them. So he's he knows that they're there and he yeah, he's playing up with them. Yeah, because he's a little bastard planet. <laughs> he's a little bastard, yeah. <laughs> little bastard planet. Yeah, we don't like him. But yeah, that's what everyone's theory around that was. I liked the bottle episode where it showed what happened on there. So um Fitz manages to get Gemma back in like episode two or three or something, then a few episodes and she's or like not talk they're like they keep being like is she, has she spoken about what happened there and they're like no she hasn't spoken and then he takes her out for a date and I'm like I don't feel like she's you're taking her for a for like a sort of fancy restaurant and stuff she doesn't look quite ready for this after you know six months in in the desert <laughs> that's the fancy restaurant where he um he makes it empty so, she, so there's no distractions so I was like that's a weird thing to say to someone like mm. I don't want you to be distracted on the date with me yeah, yeah. It's very, I, I find it very weird that you would want to go on a date with someone in an empty restaurant. Yeah, like just go sit in a room in your 
bloody complex if that's the way you, I just think that's a really weird vibe like in tv shows if um, you know a rich guy is dating this girl he's like I bought out the whole restaurant for the evening just for you and she's like ah oh, and there's like violins and like 10 waiters all standing around them I know yeah. where's the ambiance you've got nothing going on there <laughs> I know there's no there's no atmosphere you needed sort of a bit of a murmur and a, to make it really you know really comfortable I'd feel really uncomfortable I'd be like everyone's listening to what we're saying <laughs> and the whole big thing about like going on a date in a restaurant is that you feel like the only people in there but you shouldn't mm. be the only people in there otherwise you don't feel like that you just feel awkward yeah I wouldn't enjoy it I'd walk out and be like let's go to McDonald's but then we get this bottle episode which explains what happened we get a little flashback and this was quite good because you know it was something different from the usual rhythm of the series and I liked how resourceful she was like she, there was I, did, I mean, she, she gets into that sort of pool of water, that one pool of water she finds. I'm like, that doesn't sound like a good idea to just go swimming in it when you don't know what's in there. But she finds there's like, you know, tentacly things, but she like kills it and eats it, which I was like, nice, well done. You're surviving. The scientist. <laughs> scientist, yeah. But then she um, also meets this dishy astronaut who has been there for a long, long time. And he and he's very like, you know, there's no getting off, just going to have to get comfortable here with me. And he lives in this sort of underground chamber. And he talks about how there's also some kind of evil entity out there mm. that also that drove his old colleagues kind of mad and made them try to kill each other. And, and that this evil entity is some kind of like dark figure in the distance. Yeah, that was kind of cool. It was like it was like, oh, new discovery. What What's going on here and stuff? I also loved how long her phone battery lasted. <laughs> I love that she took a selfie. Yeah. <laughs> it seemed like a weird move but that, I mean I guess if you're why not it lasts for a good couple of months as well and like I'm like I'm pretty certain my phone wouldn't last that long it barely lasts a day in an iPhone I don't know she must have a Nokia especially if it, yeah a Nokia 3310 if especially if it's looking for 3G out mm-hmm. there in the desert in in this planet and it's struggling then that will drain the battery quite immensely I know she's on 1% and got it on airplane mode desperately <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, but if, and then she kind of works out or they work out that the portal opens at certain times and they manage to, and in certain places and they work it out and they get to the portal, which which is how her and Fitz can get together and he drags her back in. But she wants to go back to save old sexy dishy astronauts. Because I don't know how I feel about him. Wink. Yeah. I like it when Fitz finds the selfie and he's like, <gasps> she has another friend who's a boy who she likes. Did you cheat on me? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they hadn't even been on a date at that point. No. That's a shame. I, I did think when um, Fitz gets her, they're like keeping the hands and going back and going like, you know, constantly reaching for each other and slipping away. That was a good metaphor for how their relationship has been. It was representative of their entire metaphor of their entire relationship. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, but they are not the only ones who want to go through the portal again. Evil baddie Grant Ward. Grr. Mm-hmm. He wants in. Um, and they end up in this unspecified castle in Gloucestershire. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't recognize this castle at all. I think they made this one up. Oh, yeah. And they had like this flashback to like 19th century where they would sort of sacrifice someone to go into the portal um, as a kind of offering to it. And you gradually realize that there's this group who kind of see the portal as a god because the evil entity is like the original inhuman. Kind of. Yeah. I mean, in the comics, he's he's like the result of an experiment and he's meant to embody the symbolism of Hydra. 
he yes he's a Cree experiment isn't he yeah yes and the Cree are the blue guys yes. from Guardians of the Galaxy you remember okay. yes I do <laughs> <laughs> it's all getting a bit complex now um and uh Hydra or Grant Ward's Hydra want to bring it back because they are bad and evil and that's yeah. what bad and evil people do is they want to bring back the evil powerful entity that was banished before I mean I don't I just don't I just don't know what Hydra's MO is sometimes. I'm like, I get that you're evil, but surely you should be working towards something. I don't know what it is that you're doing. I think it's the idea that they have they they are um brainwashed into believing that this is what they need to do mm. and that this this person this evil entity will give them control over the whole world. Because ultimately that's what they want. They're they're based they're based on like Nazis, aren't they? Yeah. They stemmed from Nazi. They were created by Nazis. So I guess it's the idea that. You can't really explain it. These people are just so brainwashed that they just want it. And that's it. Super evil. Yeah, that's fair. Um, and I did like, there was, because this sort of um, group of Hydra is led by the old guy with the big mansion and all the wealth. He has the daughter as well. What was his name? Was it Ma Malik? Malik? And he, it turns out that he has been part of this group who sort of, they take, they, you know, they choose, they select straws or stones or something to choose who goes into the portal. But he's been rigging it so that he never chooses the stone because he's mm -hmm. sort of, he has doubts. Yeah, again, it's like that Nazi kind of, you must believe in our ideology. And if you don't, then, you know, you're dead, you're out. And eventually they all go into the portal in the unspecified castle in Gloucestershire. Mm -hmm. Um. I can't remember. They, 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 it turns out the astronaut is dead now. The end. This evil thing has got him. Yeah, he's fit, isn't he? And then he's like, "This must be really hard for you because we both like Gemma." And then he reveals that he's he's dead and he's now he's mm. whatever he is. Yeah. But through various sort of fighting and shit, the evil entity inhabits Grant Ward. Yes. And kind of kills off Grant Ward and becomes Hive who is yeah. the big baddie of the whole season. I felt like, sorry, I just felt like Grant was going to get a chance at redemption, but no. <laughs> no, they were like, no, no, I'm not going to bother that. <laughs> but they, I love, I love this actor trying to act like he's some kind of Doctor Who villain <laughs> in this. They're like, we're going to dress you in a long black jacket and yeah. all black, and you're going you're gonna to do the evil man pouch, going to be like, Meh. And he's like, I'm going to talk a little bit deeper like this. And, and I'm going to have my hands behind my back in a sinister way. And I'm like, oh, well done. Well done. Did your drama school teach you how to do that? <laughs> they do lots of evil walks with him as well and other minions. And they're always striding along in yeah, similarly flowing black coats. And I was like, are they the Matrix now? What's happening here? It's all got a bit weird. And you know he's evil because when he does powers with his hand, he uses one hand and mm. not both hands. Like Scarlet Witch would use both hands because, you know, symbiosis maybe but he's like one hand he's <laughs> just so powerful i didn't even think about it just one finger sometimes just you know flick a finger and someone's dead yeah but he's he's they describe him as a sort of parasite and he can put little parasite -y things into people's heads and then they they're not controlled by him as such but they and unendingly love him yes and he does this to daisy and stuff and that was i quite enjoyed the way they weren't like they weren't, they didn't turn him into robots or anything. She just came across as just completely infatuated with him. Mm. Again, a sort of Nazi Hydra thing. I saw one person complaining that 
like obviously she her big thing in this is that she doesn't answer to sky anymore that's the big deal. She was like, I'm not Sky, I'm Daisy, constantly. Mm. And they kind of thought that more should have been made of that. So like maybe someone should have called her Sky when she was under the sway of Hive and she would respond and then they'd realise that something was wrong. Like something, you know what I mean? Like a little, just to make it make more sense as to why they kept banging that in. Oh, so they didn't really do anything. They, they mean they didn't really do anything with her correcting people when they say Sky. Yeah. Phil Coulson couldn't even make that funny. No. Like he kept calling her Sky, and then she'd be like Daisy. He'd be like, "Oh no!" And he can't even get out of that kind of sincere look that he has. It's just like, "Oh, I can't, I can't get into the habit of it." Anyway, <laughs> back to business, and it's, it's all a bit sort of wooden and stiff from him. Well, he's only well, he's speaking his secrets and lies. He can't deal with just like upfront new names. That's not his vibe. He is constantly hiding things from people. That's true. Yeah. Oh, and this is a good plot point. Uh, Daisy, the, they meet a guy who, when you touch him, you see a death in the future, or he sees death in the future and you see it too. Mm-hmm. And Daisy sees a death in the future that involves, um, she doesn't see who it is, but someone's going to die in space in a mm-hmm. ship. And she sees the crucifix on the chain floating around. And that's like a clue as to who it is. And this belongs to this yo-yo woman, the Spanish speaking woman. Mm-hmm. Um, but the chain kind of keeps moving around different characters. So you keep, oh, it's them, oh, it's them, oh, it's them, oh, it's them, it's them. Um, yeah, Fitz does it at one point, and you're like, oh, Fitz, no, not again. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I thought I thought it was going to go to Gemma, and I'd be like, oh, no. <laughs> Just as she hits a status quo. <laughs> <laughs> She's doomed. But eventually it rakes its way to Lincoln, and it's Lincoln who's the one who dies. And I wasn't too bothered about this because he was probably the dullest character in there. Well, he's quite new, isn't he? And I don't know. It wasn't that interesting. I mean, I, and his motives for doing it were just, like, he was already dying, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. So it made, it made more sense for him to go do it. And when she was so upset, like, why are you doing this? I was like, but he, he is dying already. It's not like... Yeah, him. like, what, what are you going to do? Save him and then watch him die in hospital? Yeah. Like everyone, he's dead, essentially, for all intents and purposes. Yeah. And the reason he does it is because um, Hive's whole plan is to basically, it's a bit, it's very similar to the plan at the end of season two. Like they're going to explode a bomb, which is basically going to turn everyone inhuman. Yeah. Um, And he will be in control of everyone. It will unleash these sort of parasite things that puts everyone under control of him or something. Mm. Um, But then... Lincoln manages to sort of has to sort of drive the bomb because it can't be detonated up into space and Grant slash Hive is on there as well and the whole thing detonates in space nice and safely and Grant slash Hive and Lincoln both die in it yeah happy that, ending that's their connection I think Hive is even like the one thing that shall connect us will be the one thing that has eluded me until now death yes thanks for telling us we hadn't figured that out from the first sentence i'm glad you dropped the death in it was so unnecessary <laughs> i also love these philosophical conversations within the seconds before you die i know i would just be going for fuck's sake <laughs> I, I can believe hive would say it but I, yeah if i was linking i'd be like can you just shut up please this is my last few seconds of life <laughs> i'm processing that i didn't get a chance to hear i love you from daisy's lips oh yeah it got cut off didn't it yeah even though he, it was obvious what she was going to say. So I guess I'd, if I was him, I'd take it. <laughs> Imagine if she wasn't. She's like, oh, I mean, I like you as a friend. <laughs> I like you <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, a lot. I mean, give us a few more months, but we can't because you're dead. So. 
And yeah, it ends there. And uh, Daisy is so kind of devastated by it that she dyes her hair black and becomes a goth and goes sort of on the run. And they're trying to track her down. I don't really know why. Why is that happening? No, oh, you just, they, they leave it kind of open-ended. It's like, oh, are they trying to track her down for, for good reasons or to bring her back or to, you know, because she's slightly evil now? Because grief can change people. We've seen it in Star Wars. Mm, yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's a plot point. It is. It is very much a plot point. And plot point. at least we kind of know that Fitz and Simmons seem happy-ish. Yeah, they didn't they didn't give Gemma something horrible to happen to her at the end of this season, which was nice for once. They went, they went to the seashells. The seashells. seashells. Oh yeah, the seashell. The seashell. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with me. The seashells. Um for snorkeling and romance. Snor and yes, yes, the two things you go to the seashells for. Yes. That's what I've heard. I've not been personally, but if I was going to go, that's the two things I'd go for. Um we also had um Bobby and Hunter left halfway through. Mm, do you know why? Was it something to do with that their identities were compromised or something? Yeah, but also they were going to go do a spin-off show called Most Wanted and the pilot did not get picked up. So it seems a shame. Uh, <laughs> they were written out of this one to go do another series and then it didn't happen. So. Oh, right. Because it did seem a shame because they were... I like those two. I like them. I felt like they added a bit more comic relief. I felt like they had to get rid of... I think they need to get rid of Coulson. And Sky, which is controversial. But I don't really love her character. No, so, yeah, I think... I think Sky's in there because they think she provides a bit of a way in for the younger generation, like the sort of anyone between the ages of about sort of 13 and 25, I yeah. guess. Which I see their point, but... um like there's not much to her other than you know she's a bit moody sometimes she falls in love with someone sometimes she conflicts with Coulson sometimes and I feel like Coulson Coulson's kind of served his purpose I can't really remember many of the things that he did in this season well he has that cool shield that pops out of his new arm yeah he is Captain America kind of now he's Captain Shield Captain okay yeah <laughs> <laughs> But uh, he, but I feel like I feel like it would just make the show a bit fresher if they sort of killed him off and maybe put May as head of Shields hmm. and she's in charge and that would give because again I feel like she they bring her in to kind of do a fight um, but they didn't really give her very much. Yeah, I think the problem is they can't really kill him off because the big thing was that he was killed off and twice. <laughs> Uh, well, that was how we left the Marvel movie universe into this show. Yeah. It wouldn't really have the same impact. And a lot of people really love him. Like really? Yeah, they do. Like, people really love Coulson. They rate him highly. I think because he's like, they feel like he's them, maybe. He's like a fan of the Marvel world and he's still... Or maybe he is Hive. And no. he's put parasites into people's heads. Maybe, yeah. I mean, there's a lot, a lot to think about there. They're like, I will die for him. Yeah, I was actually really worried the first time I watched this that May would be killed off because mm. she wasn't getting a lot going on and she was having that tragic, my husband's a blue monster storyline and, you know. That, that old chestnut, yeah. How it is. <laughs> Again, yeah, I could see that that would be something they might do. But they, um, he dies eventually. The blue, the big blue husband dies. He eventually turns good and does good things and dies in the process. Yeah. I always feel like whenever I explain the plot, it's like, oh, yeah, and then this happens and that's it. And it's a bit anticlimactic. It never, 
it, like I said, it never refreshes itself. It needs to do something really controversial, like kill off Coulson somehow and make someone else in charge of the whole thing. Or kill off, just kill off one of the core group mm. properly, rather than like, oh, they're back, oh, they're back, which seems to happen a lot of those guys. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like they underestimate, because this is obviously aimed at potentially younger people. Um, the Netflix series is are you know they're so violent that um i think you want to be an adult to what you want to be over 16 at least to be watching them um whereas this you know a 13 14 year old could watch it very easily because obviously um, someone gets punched and doesn't even bruise someone I mean, gets shot and you see no signs of blood i think it is because you know you can set age ratings on disney plus i think 14 plus it does fall into the 14 category so it's right it is aimed at younger kids so it's almost like they're underestimating what younger people can handle in terms of plots like mm. it's like they think well we need to keep this core group together because that's what they what they can't handle the idea of like someone someone major dying in it um yeah that's very true i also think big problem for me is that it started off as agents of shield and now it's very much inhumans and it's not really sticking to its core sensibilities of them being agents and spies you know mm, like that's true very- it's very much turned into a different thing now. Yeah, the whole, yeah, I, I don't really, it's not completely clear to me whether S.H.I.E.L.D. still exists at all. Well, it's like little underground pockets almost, isn't it? And it doesn't, yeah, I know what you mean. It doesn't really feel. They all get, like, they basically destroyed it in season one through mm. the whole Captain America Winter Soldier storyline. Um, and then, like you say, it's like little pockets and they've all got slightly different ideologies. And I guess Hydra is the same. They fight, these pockets of S.H.I.E.L.D. are fighting pockets of Hydra. Hmm. all of which are sitting slightly at different places on the spectrum, which I guess is kind of realistic in a way, because, you know, you still get people like, you still get like neo-Nazis and right-wing people, and they're all in different pockets with slightly different scales of hatreds. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would like to see more of the shades of grey, like we see in Daredevil. Yeah, I'd like to see more of the shades of grey. Like, I think it's a bit boring to have a villain who's just like, their motivation is evil and they're brainwashed to be evil. Mm. And it'd be nice to sort of see how they and S.H.I.E.L.D., you know, sort of align almost. Yeah, 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 that that would be good. Just to, yeah, they just need to be a bit more innovative. Like, you know, kids can handle this stuff. Like, I remember, like, I watched when Doctor Who came back in 2005, I would have been, how old was I? I was 14, 15 or something. So I was the age that, the youngest age that this series is aimed at. And Doctor Who covers, always has covered, even since the 60s, quite deep themes. And it'll have characters leave in really, really kind of surprising and devastating ways. It gets very emotional sometimes. And it's like Agents of Shields, the the writers seem to think, well, we can't go too deep with that because, you know, they're just kids. It's just the younger, it's got to be, you know, light and stuff. And I'm like, it can be light, but you can have emotion in lightness. In, in light weight, weightedness as well. And it's it's just what it's really lacking is, you know, some kind of surprising thing that makes you go, oh my goodness, I don't know how this can possibly develop at all. And um, Yeah, no, I agree. Like Do- Doctor Who is a really good example of that. Like think of all those episodes that ma- make you cry as a kid, like Rose getting trapped on the other side of, I can't remember, the bad wolf world. And Yeah, yeah. But Rose, Rose departing was just like devastating or like, at the when in at the end of season three, when the master basically like kills off loads of people and takes over the whole of the earth in that way, um, you kind of you are like, how the hell are they going to get out of this one? And they manage it through, 
you know, obviously through like nonsense science fictiony stuff, but you are sapped into it. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's the really good thing about Doctor Who and some, some Disney stuff as well. Like it's it's made for kids, but it's very much enjoyable for adults as well. Mm. And I think that this one just feels very teeny, tweeny, even though it's not, which is weird because they're all like our age, the actors. <laughs> and I'm always yeah. very young. And it just feels very like noughties as well. Like the way it's filmed and the, I know it's a low budget situation. Just mm. even some money they could throw at the situation. <laughs> I guess it's low budget because they're making, if they're making 22 episodes, then the budget is going to be spread a lot more thinly across them. Whereas if, if they're sort of forced to make 10 episodes instead, they'd have to sort of pack a bit more into it and think a bit more about it. Yeah. Um, I agree. Whole, the whole 22 episode thing. Like I can't believe they're doing it at this, because this is only what, like, four five years ago and yeah. uh, I thought the whole 22 episode thing died out a good 10 10 years ago with when sort of shows like Desperate Housewives and Lost and Prison Break and stuff and 24 were finishing off mm. and everyone was starting to realize with the onset of the internet that these shows cannot survive in the way they did because people are binge watching now and I, I'm just it just surprises me that they're continuing with 22 episodes a season and trying to string this simple thing out for that long mm. and and not no, even doing anything with the characters really they've got almost too many characters i think that the joy of like daredevil was it's got a real and jessica jones they've got like a group of characters but it's quite core and quite tight and you feel like you know everyone in that that group very well but like you know them inside and out you know what their motives are you know what drives them you know who they like and who they don't like and mm. even if they're not telling you explicitly like you knew that trish and jessica had like some friction but they still love each other because they're sisters and you had all of this that was made quite clear whereas, whereas this one's very like just surface level we know fitz and simmons have a crush on each other but they mm. constantly have to like with those two i was saying to chris when we were watching i was like why is it that i know they're scientists but why do they have to talk like scientists all the time like when they're discussing their relationship like oh we should check out the variables make some experiments and blah 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 and i know it's played for comic value because she oh i didn't mind that i was i quite enjoyed that i was quite i think it was meant to make them that was the one element of kind of charm that this could that they still managed to have in this group but yeah i guess so i just feel like they could just talk normal like it just feels very like tropey again everyone's very much like I'm a scientist, so I talk like this. Mm. Remember, they're not American, so they have to be like, doddery, 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 doddery. Very good. Her accent went a bit Yorkshire at one point in the episode. She's from Sheffield originally. Well, that makes sense, because she said that. I was like, what's happened there? Yeah, it's sort of flipping between being quite posh and being quite northern sometimes, and I don't know what... Yeah, you remember in the first season, I looked her up because I was like, oh, she's American. And I found out that she was English. I went, oh, that's her actual accent. Okay. <laughs> Maybe that's what happens when a, if someone like just puts on a very straight Mary Poppins voice when they're from Shepherd. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. And like, even those two, like they're the most attractive people in the world. Like even the, the, the geeky scientists look mm. like a fake Winona Ryder and... He's lost a bit of weight, it looks like. Fitz. Yeah, yeah. He's sort of bulked up a little bit. Yeah, every, everyone's just so gorgeous, aren't they? Um, and it makes it feel not very realistic. Yeah, and they're never ever tired. They never go to, the, it's like one of those shows where they never go to the toilet. No. And they never tired or anything. It's very sort of chafed and clean. Yeah, even if they're like, oh, I'm depressed, they're still perfectly impeccable. Like their hair's perfect, their clothes are perfect. They're never just like Jessica Jones wandering around in her dodgy hoodie and her hair's, she's pale and... I, I think it lacks the realism of Netflix. Yeah, and they could inject some of it into it. Mm. 
But, you know, we've got, what, four seasons of it left? <laughs> Hurrah! I'm so excited. I love that you never decide ever that we're... Only, gonna... only the next two are 22 episodes. And then after that, they went down to 13. I think reality finally set in. <laughs> <laughs> like, guys, we can't do 22 anymore. <laughs> well, I think you're going to find the quiz interesting. Oh, okay. Should we do this quiz? Yes. Quiz, quiz, start, quiz. Start with the first question. What do you think it got on Rotten Tomatoes? Well, if everyone loves it, I'm going to be like ninety-one percent. You got a hundred percent. How many reviews is that though? Is that like two reviews? Twenty-two reviews. A hundred percent, though. Again, maybe maybe the true hive is Agents of Shield. I think it might be because I'm, I'm, <laughs> I find it baffling. I was, I, as I say, I went through all these YouTube videos to see what people who love the show think. Because obviously, I'm a, I'm a Marvel fan and I do love Marvel, but this mm. just doesn't do it for me, and they are obsessed with it. It's also possible that these reviews are written by people who will just love it kind of uncritically um, because that's the sort it's just the sort of thing that they love. They like this kind of entertainment and that's OK. Like it's, it's their true. thing. I don't but, disagree with that. They're allowed to like it. I just always find it weird that I just don't like it so much. And I know for some people it's such a big deal. I think because we, you know, we as much as we enjoy Marvel and science fiction and that sort of thing, we also watch other things. We'll yeah. also watch Bridgerton. <laughs> and... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and um, and it means that I guess we'll sort of see it in a slightly different light. Whereas if you're a Marvel fanatic and all you watch is Marvel, you are going to like it because that that is it, it's the epitome of what this organization makes, isn't it? It's like superheroes and powers and fights and yeah, stuff like that. It's very true. When you're right, it probably. And it's like what you said when we were reviewing Captain America Civil War and I was getting a bit frustrated with like this sort of long fight scene in the airport. But you said, but the people who watch it, they love that. And that's what they want from the film. So if they're getting what they want, they're going to love it. It's true. And you know what? I think the thing is with those those Marvel films that we watch. is that Those you Marvel get, films. <laughs> we, but before they bring them all together in Avengers, we do get time with each of them alone. So we do know them all very well. Mm. Whereas in this, they're all kind of together. It's like the Avengers without the preamble, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I see that. And without the jokes. Yeah, so you don't really know everyone apart from what you're told. Thing. Um, what would you What would you say? How many viewers do you reckon it averaged? I don't know. Three million? 5.5 million. 5.5 million. Okay. So really liked it. Um, but basically, the people have said, still evolving in its third season, it hits its stride with a blend of frills, humour and heart. Okay. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> <A> like, diplomatic <laughs> review. frills. <laughs> <laughs> it's got that all. Um, okay. Um, I've already told you the answer of what I was going to ask you. Like, Why do you think that um, Mockingbird and Hunter left? And I've told you. I'm going to do you. Oh, yeah. Mockingbird? She called Mockingbird? That's her name in the comics, and that's her scene. Oh. Yeah, it's cool though, right? It's very, yeah. very Hunger Games. I, I was going to say, are you mixing up Hunger Games with Marvel? No, but I, now I want to rewatch that. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say? They, they kept banging on in the pre, you know, when they do the press tour. What it has real world parallels, apparently. Marvel, Agents of Shield. Real world parallels. Yeah. What, as in, as in, in the plot or in the themes and stuff. Yeah. Well, they had um, they had the guy at the beginning who is sort of the first one that we see them finding who has powers. He could like bend metal, and he's gay. And he they talk have about how he he talks about how he used to have a secret and came out, and now he's got another secret and having to come out again. So there's that kind of parallel. The X Men has always had that. It took me it, like X Men has always had that kind of underlying theme of 
LGBT people having to sort of come out because they got powers and stuff. Yeah, that's exactly it. So like, whether it's the colour of your skin, your religion, or whether you're gay, it's about, you know, modern worlds coming more accepted of these things. It doesn't mean there aren't challenges and mm. you, you can tell people it's going to get better, but there'll always be something else. Yeah. So you nailed that. Well done. I'm very clever. You are. Um, did you notice anything interesting hanging in Corson's office? No, <laughs> I didn't realise he had anything interesting at all. Um, he has the axe that they used to cut off his hand in the last season. Ah, uh, I see. A weird little souvenir, I thought. Um, <laughs> I'd keep it. I'm disappointed I never kept my wisdom teeth. I know you keep saying that. And I, I think maybe we should just get them back for you. They must well, be- I've got, I'm having my other two out in about a month's time. So um, I will keep those. You need to get them melted into you and Doug's wedding rings. <laughs> uh, no, that's weird. <laughs> that's too far, too far. No, I love it. Um, okay, um, Coulson brings up one of his theories about Simmons, which refers to another Marvel Universe story. A theory about Simmons? Yeah, when they're like, where is Simmons? Uh, oh, no idea. I can't remember. So he thinks maybe she shrunk to a subatomic level, which is what Oh, Ant-Man. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so that was, and then like Hank was very upset that he couldn't bring his wife back, and they were thinking, oh, it's going to be the same with Fitz and Simmons. Yeah, but it's fine. She just got sucked through a portal. It's different. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> fine. Yeah. Um. So when she's on the planet Ego with Will, he talks about three astronauts who came with him who didn't make it, mm. and their names are Austin, Brubaker, 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 and Taylor. And all three of them are named after fictional astronauts who had very unsuccessful missions. Do you know who any of them are? Uh, would one of them be Planet of the Apes? Yes, one of them is Planet of the Apes. Is it Taylor? It's Taylor, yeah. Taylor, yeah. I see to, Taylor, I seem to remember, yes. Um, yeah, he is the wor- probably one of the worst astronauts. He's a bit, of, a bit of a shit time of it, really, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah he um, uh, whatever ones are there? Uh, oof, no idea. What about gravity? Is gravity one of them? No, no. It was all a bit older than that. So we've got six million dollar man for Austin. Never seen he, it. He's horribly injured in a flight, and they mm. make him better. Six million dollar man esque. Mm. That's quite nice. And Brie Baker is um. Well, some people thought it was the comic writer who you know made Captain America a big deal, but it's actually a reference to Charles Brie Baker, who's in Capricorn One, which is a mission oh. to Mars which goes very badly wrong due to bad funding. Ah, uh, uh, that old chestnut. Yep. <laughs> and oh, my last question. By the end of season three, this show holds like an accolade or an honour in the Marvel world. Because then it's like the something most, you know? Most episodes? Yeah, it's the longest running season of any show. Mm, yeah yeah fills it (laughs) It I'm like well what a surprise (laughs) accolades is is that the correct word for it a dubious accolade I'd say you are the longest curse or (laughs) (laughs) criticism is that a better word there's a better word for it there are better words so it's a shorter quiz because it's hard because I kind of Blew my what (laughs) the first agents of shield quiz with all the matron I know um but you know it's harder like I think it's a Agent Carter when you get to the second season you already kind of know all the little production details 
Yeah, yeah. And I guess a lot of them, are that once they hit a sort of routine, a lot of it isn't really going to change that much, is it? Yeah, it was like, oh, who's been in every episode? And I was like, oh, it's Phil Coulson. I'm sure Paul will guess that within minutes. And I may have asked. They're all in every episode. They never get rid of any of them. I know. I'm like, they, they no one dies. No one dies. <laughs> um, what was the other one? I was going to ask you a few other questions about like ego and stuff. And I was like, oh, but you don't know who ego is. That's no, just- but we talked about ego and he where did. it comes oh, from. Yeah. He's fine. He's there. He's there, going grr in space. <laughs> grr, why have I done this? He must be super lonely now that the the that hive and everyone else has left his planet, and the portal has fallen apart as well. So now he's like, no one is going to look after ego. <laughs> I shouldn't have been so mean. <laughs> sad, sad ego is that maybe I shouldn't have been so egotistical. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to get his own show. <laughs> I think that'd be the weirdest thing ever. <laughs> a little a chat show. Yeah, oh, with ego. Da, 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 da. Welcome to ego. And he just talks to himself. Yes, because he's got a big ego. Yeah, I'm into it. That'll be another one to write to Netflix about. Well, then <laughs> have to write to Disney. Yeah, I don't think it'll be as successful as our Cluedo idea. No, nothing is. That's like out there. That's... Well, you don't even have to make that Marvel. It could just be super clue. <laughs> I think that's going to be the pinnacle of art, quite frankly. Yeah, we could call it Clue, though. <laughs> <laughs> Right, we've got another series next, but it's a new one. Yeah, and it's Netflix, so you should be happy. It's Netflix, so I should be happy. It's Luke Cage. Dun, dun, dun. Who you've met before? We've met before in Jessica Jones. So we're going to find out what he's Luke Caging all about in mm. old New York City. I assume it's in New York City. Yeah, no one leaves New York City in the Netflix series. I think they they just can't afford to film anymore. New York City is the world. Yes. And hopefully Night Nurse will pop up again because you love her name. No, 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 Night Nurse. Yes. <laughs> And we have a while until the next stage is a shield, right? We do have a while. We have, and we have a few films in between. So you think, you know, plot might move forwards. Who knows? Keep praying. You've been listening to an episode of The Marvel Virgin. If you'd like to join in the conversation, you can tweet us at The Marvel Virgin. We hope you enjoyed the show and that you'll tune in to the next fact-filled episode.